Welcome to A Midwife Life. I'm Courtney. And I'm Rosalind. We're bringing together a community of midwives to learn, grow, and have fun in the shared experience of living a midwife life. Rosalind. Hey, Courtney. So today I'm really excited. We are going to be talking about preconception. Included in that, we'll talk about labs, lifestyle changes, and reviewing medical histories for women who are planning on trying to conceive. Exactly. And this is our first episode where we're actually diving into a midwifery topic. And I'm really excited to get started with it. I do want to say preconception is just not the most exciting topic ever, but we're going to get through it. It's important. It's important for us to all be able to give good preconception advice to women when we're seeing them either for well woman care or perhaps that last visit postpartum. So we actually know that 50% of pregnancies are unplanned. So when you talk about doing a regular well woman visit or just a general visit for any woman, uh, preconception should be on the, the mind of a provider. It really should, Courtney. And what's your experience? Because mine has been that I have never had a provider at an annual exam ask me what my reproductive goals were, or what my plans were. I am also the same in that I have not had anyone ask me that. I try to do a good job of asking my clients about their goals or at least recommending things that would be good for any woman should she get pregnant. Things like taking a prenatal vitamin or a multivitamin. And we do that because we know that babies born to women that are healthy preconceptually are more likely to be healthy, less likely to be born prematurely or have low birth weights. Exactly. Yeah. You want to start out being as healthy as you can when you're pregnant. So when I have someone come in for a preconception visit, I often consider doing some lab work. Some basic stuff that I do are often things that we do for like the prenatal panel, but doing it preconceptually. So I typically get a CBC looking for things like anemia. I might check someone's blood type and do an antibody screen, check for immunity to rubella. Yeah, checking for immunity to rubella is something that's really good to do. Uh, I know that we both have talked to people that were really surprised that had been vaccinated earlier in their lives and were surprised to find out that they were no longer immune to rubella. And if you vaccinate and you no longer have that immunity, you want to know before you're pregnant because once you're pregnant, that vaccine is not an option. Right. And then if you're not immune, the recommendation is to get the MMR vaccine 30 days prior prior to conceiving. Other labs that I would consider are a hepatitis B and C, doing an HIV, looking at hemoglobin A1C as a diabetic screen, checking someone's thyroid through TSH, especially if they have a family history of thyroid disorders or are symptomatic of things that may be indicative of thyroid disorders. The other things that we can do are carrier screenings, checking if someone is a carrier for something like cystic fibrosis, sickle cell disease, and other things like Tay-Sachs, fragile X. SMA is another one that comes to mind. And while yes, you can still do this carrier screen when you're pregnant, it is really helpful to know if you are a carrier for something ahead of time. Exactly. Then you can um, make other decisions about conceiving and especially checking to see if you're a carrier for something, if your partner is also a carrier. Right. And sometimes it can just come up even when you don't have a family history. Yeah, exactly. Um, I remember you asking me before we started this podcast, do I have any good stories about preconception? And 
And I was like, no, it's not a very interesting topic. But now talking about carrier screenings, I actually did the carrier screening when I was pregnant and found to be that I was a cystic fibrosis carrier, which I have no family history of and was totally surprised to get that information. I really just did the carrier screening because I was curious, which is probably what a lot of people do. But then there's that added anxiety from the time, you know, I found out that I had that carrier status to the time we got my husband's results back of wondering if he was also a carrier. Right. Yeah. And so that would have been nice to know before being pregnant because being pregnant is stressful in and of itself. And then to have added stresses of like tests coming back with information you weren't expecting and then having to go through further tests. Why go through that if you have the option to do it before you're getting pregnant? Yeah, exactly. It's crazy the stuff that we can learn just through a blood test these days. And other things I would do in terms of lab testing are screening for STIs. And then if someone is due for a pap, I would also do a pap. We also have done testing early in pregnancy and find that people are surprised um, to learn that they perhaps have chlamydia or another STI. So important to get that screening ahead of time. And also just to touch on in these preconception visits, talking to your partner about their lifestyle habits and what they should be doing to start this pregnancy off like as healthy as can be. Right, because it's not all about the women. It's also about partner's health and what they're doing with their bodies as well. Exactly. Like smoking, for example, is a great thing cessation wise for a partner to be doing and if um, a woman is wanting to get pregnant and smoking to to tackle that before getting pregnant also uh, marijuana has become popular especially in states like Oregon where it's legal now but that can have impact on your sperm and so people should know about that and kind of make decisions for what feels right to them that's a really good point I think that you see women when they're pregnant they give up a lot of things that they maybe do when they're prior to pregnancy, but there are some stuff that men should do in that that preconception period. You know, they may not have to give it up for an entire nine months, but you know, in the case of marijuana, you know, when they're trying to conceive for the three months prior to that, not consuming it in any way. I'll also add, and just in general, adding those healthy lifestyle habits, and we're going to jump into nutrition and exercise as also topics, but like setting up all of these healthy habits before you get pregnant, just set up not only you to be in the best possible place that somebody can be when they get pregnant. And that's something that you can tell people. It's a motivation to make maybe some lifestyle changes that have been different, but also then to just get those routines set before you get into pregnancy. And especially that first trimester that can be so difficult for women. Yeah, exactly. And then also when we do things like quit smoking and both partners quit smoking to continue doing that because you're setting an example for your future child. This isn't all about pregnancy. It's also about how you're presenting what is acceptable to do for your kids and also what is healthy for them to be exposed to. And one thing that's not healthy and we know it is cigarette smoke. Right. And so in these preconception visits, it's just keeping all of these different topics in your mind and using motivational interviewing, which we'll get into in a future podcast, but really kind of walking through things for people to consider and then helping them come to conclusions that work for them and how they feel they can be the healthiest going into pregnancy. And speaking of motivational interviewing, I always think about that when I think about nutrition. So we know that there's a positive association between a healthy diet during the preconception period and improved birth outcomes. So a good thing to talk to women about in that preconception visit is what they're eating, if there are things that they could improve in their diet, things that they can cut out or replace. Yeah, and I really like to, what I find helpful is when you're exploring a diet with somebody, uh, well, first get a gauge of what their understanding and nutrition is, I find for the most part, people are aware 
of what is healthy and unhealthy. It's just when you're faced with those decisions. And so I like to explore with people, how can you just try to add more healthy things to your plate? And by doing that, the unhealthy things will fall away instead of making huge changes that maybe aren't really realistic to just start with that, just adding in a few extra vegetables, servings of vegetables at every meal and fruits and having variety in your diet. I really like that because if you're eating the recommended servings of fruits and vegetables, you probably just don't have enough room for like Snickers bars. Exactly. Yeah. So otherwise, general nutrient recommendations. Um, One really important thing is folic acid or folate. So the recommendation is 400 micrograms of folate daily for the month prior to pregnancy and throughout the first month of pregnancy. And that is to prevent neural tube defects. And other things that women need and are not getting enough of are things like vitamin A, C, B6, vitamin E, um, calcium, iron, zinc, and magnesium. I'm sure I probably left out a few. Yeah, I'll add in there um, vitamin D, especially for us in the Pacific Northwest. How did I forget that one? <laughs> I don't know, Courtney. <laughs> Pretty sure everyone in Oregon is deficient in it and really in a lot of other places too. So in future episodes, I hope to do another episode just solely focused on nutrition so we can talk about specific foods we can recommend for people to increase their calcium or their iron, just to dive a little deeper into this topic. Um, But for now, just knowing that it's important to talk to women about nutrition when you're doing that preconception visit. Right. And the key really is to talk to people about having a wide variety, a lot of different um, vegetables and fruits and different colors. And next, we're going to talk about exercise. In pregnancy, the recommendation is that women get two hours and 30 minutes of exercise per week. So five 30-minute moments of their week. To do that effectively in pregnancy, really women should start exercising prior to pregnancy. Absolutely. It's a great time in a preconception visit to have somebody that's really motivated at trying to look at being healthy going into pregnancy to talk about what they're doing as far as exercise and um, how to increase that to make sure they're meeting the minimums and also how that can help them be at a healthy weight. I just saw someone yesterday actually who um, I had seen in a previous pregnancy and knew that towards the end of her pregnancy, she became really uncomfortable and just had a hard time just generally doing a lot of things. And now she's thinking about getting pregnant in the next couple of months. And I talked to her about physical activity and gave her some recommendations and also reflected with her on how she felt at the end of her last pregnancy and some of those fears that she has going forward and not wanting to feel that way again. And we talked about how she could start exercising now so that way her body is more prepared for it as she has a growing baby inside. Right. Ideally, yes, you want to go into your pregnancy already having a routine established and so that you can keep moving and feeling the best that you can. Yeah, it's hard to start out that start out in the middle of pregnancy that way. So Doing it early is a great plan. Yeah. And like you said, you just had this talk with a former client. And so it's something that we all as midwives need to be really comfortable with, know what the recommendations are, and then help people figure out what will be the best option for them. And the next thing that I typically talk to people about is um, some kind of cycle tracking. When someone comes for their first prenatal visit, one of the huge focuses we do is on dating that pregnancy. Um, And one of the things that is difficult as a provider is, is when someone comes in and you ask them the first day of their last period and they are like, well, you know, I think it was during that cruise I took. Um, but you know, it might have been at my cousin's birthday 10 days later. Exactly. Yeah. Once you start getting in and doing these first 
initial visits and dating is the most important thing to do in that visit, (laughs) you will see a wide range of people and what they know about their cycle and when the first day of their last period was. So helping people be prepared and keep track of that ahead of time is just fantastic. It makes it a lot easier for everybody. Yeah, it makes a huge difference. So I either recommend women to have an app. An app that I used was the Ovia app, and there's lots of other great ones as well. Or just put it in their planner in some way and then just start doing that regularly. It both helps them to know their bodies more, and then it helps us in dating. I'm so glad that you mentioned the app, Courtney, because there is just, there are so many great ways to track not only your cycle, but going back to nutrition and exercise. My Fitness Pal is another great app that people have a lot of success tracking um, what they're actually putting into their mouths and their exercise. And so we will link on our website some different resources that are our favorites and um, favorites of our clients that they like to use to track either their cycle or nutrition and fitness. Awesome. Yeah, that's a great idea. And then the last thing that I want to talk about today is talking to people about their past medical history or their current medical history rather and medications they're taking, um, anything that they need to do differently or possibly medications that they need to switch. So say they're diabetic, talking about the importance of a tight glycemic control. If they're taking a medication that's not recommended in pregnancy, recommending that they speak with their other providers and make a switch. Or if it's a medication that they can decrease the dose, but also have um, the effectiveness that they need, then decreasing the dose to as low as they can, deciding the risks and benefits of each thing that they're doing and coming off of any unnecessary medications. Right. And there's a lot of different medications out there. And the great thing is, is that you don't have to remember what medications are safe in pregnancy and how to give those recommendations. You can look at the rating system that's already provided by the FDA. And so it's a class category system of medications, A through X. And we'll go into that in more detail, perhaps in a little mini session, um, but certainly it will be linked up on our website. So people that want to go look up at the classes that aren't familiar with that can can check that out. So that was our review of preconception. And I think just from this episode, we have like several other episodes that we're planning on doing. Yeah, there's so much to to dive into. I mean, just each one of these topics, whether it be nutrition or medications or diet, dating. Yeah, uh uh-huh. We can go deep into each one of these and we will. But today we just wanted to give you this overview of the different topics that you should be talking to women about when you're in a preconception visit. All right. Well, thanks, Rosalind. Yeah, this was fun, Courtney. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen. If you like what we're doing, there are a few ways you can support us. The best ways are telling your friends about midwife life and getting involved. You can also leave us a comment, write a review, and share your thoughts and experiences. If you haven't already, be sure to like Midwife Life on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at A Midwife Life. We post midwifery questions of the day, funny memes, and well, all sorts of other things that you don't want to miss out on. We also have a website, midwifelife.com, where we have a blog and we are adding resources and information all the time. All right. Thanks for being with us on this crazy journey of a midwife life.